someone in Atlanta has to score a touchdown. It might as well be the Braves. Ooh, brother, the cream rises to the top. If you call it March Madness and have that stuff going on, man, what we almost had go down in Ohio tonight was November nuttiness. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. I am your co-host, Vita Vea's Missing Tooth, and I'm joined today by the collective sadness of both Pittsburgh and Seattle. How are you doing today, collected sadness? Uh, you know, sad, uh, fun, funny enough. <laughs> um, yeah, I, if I'm the collective sadness of Pittsburgh and Seattle, I promise you it is 100% Seattle and 0% Pittsburgh. I think it's, well, I, I think uh, it's hilarious what the Bengals did to the Steelers. Yeah, last the, the Bengals put a molly whopping on them. Yeah, they molly whopped the, <laughs> the Steelers. Oh, my Lord. You know, I, I have not spoken to either my brother or my dad yet. Uh, resident Bengals and Steelers fans of the family. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if they both survived the day. 50-50. Could have been ugly. Could have been ugly. Uh, almost as ugly as Seattle's Monday night game against Washington was. Spoiler yeah. alert, that's what we're talking about tonight because I have some venting to do. Yeah, so full disclosure, I've been busy. Did not watch Monday night's game. So I am, I'm here for it. You tell me what's happening in C-Town. Well, let's sum it up with this one very sad fact that now rings true for my Seahawks. We have the same record as the Jets of New York. We are no better Yikes. than the New York Jets. Let that sink in. Three and eight. It's never felt so bad. Um, I watched the end, the last probably six minutes, six game minutes of the uh, Monday night game in Washington earlier this week. And I really wish I hadn't uh, for the longest time. I'll set the scene for you for the longest time in the game. Seattle trailed 17 to nine and they just were not getting anything done offensively. Shocker couldn't move the ball. Couldn't get first downs. Couldn't stay on the field. And finally, when we needed it most in the closing minute of the game, we got into the end zone. Russell Wilson hit Freddie Swain wide open over the middle, touchdown, boom, like 15 seconds left in the game, down by two, needs to go for two. Uh, we went for two, did not convert on the two-point conversion, 17-15, as it ended up being the final score of the game, uh, which, you know, it sucks, but if that's how it ended on its own, I would have been okay with it. Like I'm still was not pleased, obviously, mm -hmm. but uh, then 15 seconds left. All right. Time for the onside kick. All right. Uh, Seahawks up until this point had not con successfully converted an onside kick since the NFC championship in 2014 against green Bay. We all know how that so it's been. Out. It's been a couple days. It, it's just been a few days, at least three, the experts might say at least three. Um, but no, we convert this onside kick. We got it. We, we fell on top of it when everyone knew it was coming. Crazy stuff. I was excited. Uh, uh oh, what's that on the field? It's a flag. Um, it, it couldn't be because the ball didn't go 10 yards. I know it did. Everyone knows it did. 
Uh, no, we got flagged because the team lined up illegally on the onside kick. Oh, no. So we have to re-kick it. And we, of course, did not get the second onside kick, and that's how the game came to an end. And I am fed up. I am over it. I am so sick of losing games the way we have lost games this year. And the Monday night game in Washington was uh, the pinnacle of my fed upness. I am fed up with Mm -hmm. Pete Carroll. And this is where uh, I want our discussion to go tonight. Uh, I want to talk about why it's time for Seattle to move on from Pete Carroll. Uh, Just fire the guy, let him go because this it's a mistake last night like that. That's just a microcosm of what it's been this year for the Seahawks. Dumb stuff, uh, dumb stuff over the last couple of years. If we want to look back that far and some people have told me jokingly, well, Hey, Jared, at least your team is going to get a really good draft pick this year because you're not doing well. No, we won't. We won't because we don't have a first round draft pick this year because we traded it for Jamal freaking Adams, who has had one interception in his two years with us now. Okay. Bad deals have been made lately under the Pete Carroll regime. Bad play calling on the field has happened under the Pete Carroll regime. And I am over it. I, I have, will always appreciate Pete Carroll for the, the Super Bowl he brought Seattle and for the success he brought us, but the game has clearly passed him up now. He has gone stagnant, and I could not help but think that that onside kick debauchery last night, the penalty, it, it just lack of discipline, all right? And that starts with coaching. I just don't see discipline in this team. I, I don't see what I used to see in 2013 and 2014 and 2015 when we were really good and consistently going at least to the divisional round, if not further in the playoffs. I don't see it anymore, and I don't see it getting better anytime soon. I don't see it getting better until Pete Carroll is gone, until we have someone new to bring some fresh ideas and some fresh uh, intensity into the locker room, quite frankly. I'm just over it. I'm, I'm done. I'm over it. Yep. Um, I'm going to let you t- break up my rambling for a little bit, but that's where I'm at. Well, it kind of seems to me you're in a similar situation as a team as Green Bay was a few years ago with, at the end of the Mike McCarthy reign where, you know, a coach that had brought a Super Bowl to that, to that team and had perennial playoff appearances was, you know, starting to have a – it wasn't working. And yeah. obviously we know how that went. Now they have Matt LaFleur and uh, I would make an argument that Matt LaFleur deserves coach of the year right now for cons- winning with, while he has Aaron Rodgers, has also been kind of despite Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah that's a good way to put it. Um, But yeah, we had a discussion at the end of last year where I'm like, do you think it is getting to the point of the end of Pete Carroll's reign. And, and last year you were kind of like, no, I think it's mostly the offensive coordinator and we could play back the audio at some point. I was blinded by hope. I'll be honest with you. I was blinded by, I think history and hope. I was thinking too much about what Pete had done for Seattle in the past and not looking ahead and looking ahead. I don't see this team going anywhere with him calling the shots still. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough when you got a coach that you can tell is not the right fit for a team or something's going on. 
I also remember what I was going to introduce you as today. It was going to be uh, the leftovers of Chef Rush's kitchen. Oh, Ooh. but I forgot it. Yikes. So th- these intros, uh, they've been nothing short of fire the last couple of weeks. And I've got to ask, do you come up with these on the spot, like right before we start recording? Usually here? right before, yeah, right before we start recording. That's a talent, buddy. That that takes some talent because I could have thought of that all day and I probably would have never thought of uh, the leftovers from Chef Russ's kitchen. <laughs> I got to say, uh, that's that's pretty impressive. <laughs> That one, uh, I did see, I was watching some highlights of the game, and one of them was one of the terrible anim- animations they do on the Monday Night Football of a chef Russ in a kitchen. That's uh, one of the reasons uh, that came to me. We need to stop saying, and by we, I mean just the general everybody needs to stop saying chef Russ, because as much as I just ranted on Pete Carroll, uh, it was not all to blame on Pete Carroll. Like there's plenty of blame to go around and it's weird to say, but Russ gets a lot of it this week because he made some dumb decisions in that game. Um, Yeah. That's something I've noticed. Um, And this is kind of going back to last year too, talking that I, I feel like Wilson, Russell Wilson is just kind of not happy in Seattle anymore. It's that. And I just feel like he's content. Everybody's content with where they're at in Seattle right now. And I think one thing that made the Seahawks in 2013 so good was because Russ was still unproven. Pete Carroll was still unproven as a head coach in the NFL. There was a lot of guys with a chip on their shoulder on our team, and they they played with the hunger. And that hunger is gone. I don't see it from anybody anymore. Sadly, the only player I still see it from, and the guy who's getting the short end of the deal in all of this in Seattle right now is Bobby Wagner. That dude has played the same from day one to now, Mm -hmm. and he is getting uh, left out to dry by this team, and it's just frustrating to watch. So, yeah, I'm not super impressed with Russ at the moment either, but to me it all starts and ends with the head coach. Well, maybe maybe they blow it up this year. I think they need to. Maybe at the end of this year they blow it up. They – as much as it sucks because they've invested so much into us, they ship him off. You know, there's going to be teams looking. Um, and as much as, you know, it is suck for you, you know, it might be. But if someone we do, like Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers might not be there. He, maybe he goes to Green Bay. I can see Russell Wilson having a lot of success there. It'd be eerie to see him in the green and yellow, but. Yeah, well, and we just, I agree with you. This team needs a hard reset. Uh, and as much as it would pain me, if that means uh, trading Russ and or Bobby Wagner to get back some first round draft capital that we have lost in this Jamal Adams deal, uh, I'm for it because I, what I'm seeing right now is not working. And I, I just can't even believe that this is the same season that at the beginning we beat the Colts and we almost beat the Titans and I had a lot of hope for this season. I really thought that, you know, I didn't think Super Bowl, but I thought playoffs. Like, it's it was fair to assume, at least in my head, that we were a playoff team back in week one and week two. And now, uh, if we had a first-round draft pick, we'd be a top-10 draft team, I think, this year. We're just not good. We're not a good football team, and we're not a disciplined football team. And it's so... Maybe it's because I've been spoiled over the last decade, but it's just difficult to watch. Um, and 
Yeah, Ugh. no, I understand. You're talking to someone that lived through the Nick Folk kicking era in Tampa Bay. <laughs> I was now say, he's like the number one kicker in the league or something like that. I am probably preaching to the choir right now when it comes to uh, my frustrations with my professional football team. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm with you, man. Just nuke it. Let's start over. Let's build this thing from the ground up again. Let's get a new head coach in there. And with all the movement we've been seeing going on with head coaches down in the college ranks, uh, I would totally be for uh, Seattle trying to get one of these high-profile college guys again. Because it did work with Pete Carroll when we took him out of USC back in 2010. Yeah. Um, You know, and a guy that comes to mind off the top of my head, not that he probably would leave his position at Cincinnati right now, but uh, Cincinnati Bearcats head coach Luke Fickle, man, he has just brought the Bearcats to two consecutive undefeated seasons, regular seasons. Mm -hmm. They still have their conference championship to go. But uh, that does not happen a lot in the FBS level. And Luke Fickle has done a hell of a job down there in Cincinnati. Uh, So I would love to see the Seahawks, you know, take a shot at a guy like that if they think that he's the guy. But uh, I I, I would, I don't know. Well, yeah. Um, I, I don't know who, who I'd like to see coaching the Seahawks. If, if, if he was still available, you know, someone like Robert Sala, I think is, you know, a similar coaching style, but maybe, you know, with newer ideas, you know, right now he's struggling with the jets, but they're coming out of an Adam Gase. So I'm not ready to write Robert Sala off yet. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, but you know. And I, I, I watched a or I read a pretty good argument on why maybe Eric, there's a reason Eric Bieniemy hasn't been hired as a head coach. I was just going to mention him. So let's Eric Bieniemy is 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 someone that's out there that I'm sure could be snagged from Kansas City. There's been a lot of arguments that he deserves a shot as a head coach, and I, I don't disagree. Um, I did read something that you know, if you look at like the disciples of Belichick, most of them has gone on and failed. Yeah. That there's an argument to be made that assistant coaches are so successful because of the head coaches, you know, you know, when it's good, you know, uh, they can shine. Like if you're an offensive coordinator and the offense is good, like, Hey, that's good. But when it's bad, a lot of, you know, the, the crap goes on the head coach. They got to be that guy. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's an option. But possible, you know, maneuvers for the team. What if, you know, the Dolphins are hungry right now. What about trading for Tua? Swapping Russell Wilson for Tua, maybe some draft capital. Yeah, maybe, He's looked really good the last couple of weeks. I think he's someone that just needs to develop, get the right coach in there with him. I still believe in Tua. And I feel like the Dolphins are kind of like, yeah, I don't know if he's our guy or not. Yeah, either that or I would love to see uh, Seattle go after a one of these quarterbacks coming up here in the draft too out of college. Either someone like Tua from the NFL or uh, a guy that they can – and again, this is all with the caveat of a new coach too in a new system, but uh, a guy that they can get from ground zero kind of and build up. But, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say no to Tua right now. I wouldn't, there's not a lot I wouldn't say no to right now. Uh, another guy, he might be kind of a shot in the dark, uh, is maybe a head coach. And I, I don't know if he's done quite enough yet to uh, sell me as a head coach in the NFL, but uh, 
guy with chance uh, just, and maybe I'm thinking of the chargers this year and how much I, I like what they're doing. And I like what I've seen out of them for the most part, offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi. Um, he's yeah, a guy, that's fair. That's um, I'd argue that's one of the, the bright points of the chargers team right now. It's certainly not their special teams. Yeah. But yeah. Their offense has been really cooking. Um, and with, you know, the Seahawks organization's strong emphasis on the running game, you know, if they could get a decent running back in there, you know, the run game in LA has been really strong. Yeah. I mean, and as, as weird as it is to say, because earlier in the season, my gripes were mostly with our defense. And actually, our defense didn't look too terrible the other night in Washington. Our defense has been playing better. No, they showed up pretty good. Uh, they're not great, but they've been playing better. Uh, just our offense, man, it's so frustrating when we have the talent like we have uh, with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson, who's obviously very talented, and we can't do anything. I mean, we can't outplay – Washington and no I mean I know you guys just lost to Washington too and Washington's better than we give them credit for a lot of times I think but mm. uh man if, if if Seattle's team could play up to its potential and this has been the case for years uh we would be so much so much uh we'd get so much further in the season is what I would say yeah um yeah so I don't know there's just I'm just, I'm over it, man. I'm done. I'm hundred percent done. <laughs> I will no longer blindly uh, support Pete Carroll. Yeah. Well, That's- I saw another statistic too, that over the, over the course of the season, DK Metcalf has had better stats with backup quarterbacks than he has Russell Wilson, which is just. Yeah. Gino threw to him a lot when he was in uh, earlier this season and you know, some people have said, well, you got to get rubs time to rehab from that finger thing. And he's not going to be the same as he was before the injury, of course. But like I said, what I saw on Monday night was it was decision making more than anything on that failed two point conversion. He threw double coverage right over the middle uh, and it got intercepted. Like, why would why? Mm hmm. I just, that's not normal Russell Wilson stuff. And like you said, I think part of it might be that he's just not happy in Seattle. We've talked about this before. We talked about at the end of last season when all those rumors were swirling that he might go to Chicago or wherever else and that he was that unhappy. And man, if he was that unhappy last year and we were still a playoff team, I can't imagine how unhappy he is right now. Yeah. And, you know, we don't know what the locker room dynamic is. Uh, We don't know. We don't know a lot. Um, but yeah, it's Seattle's, it can't be great uh, though. I mean, the locker yeah. room dynamic can't 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 be fantastic right now. No. Uh, so I don't know. You know what? What's the old adage? The thing that heals the locker room quicker than anything is winning games. Well, we've won three of them all year, and it's almost December. So. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, I I think I think the Seahawks need to blow it up. It's Boom. it's looking bad. Drop the bomb on it. Let's start over. Uh, you know, I'm calling for it. And I've seen some other Seahawks fans, uh, friend of our show who we've had on before, formerly of the get back guys, our buddies podcast, Kyle Brester, him and I have griped about this every week, pretty much also. And and I'll give credit where credit's due. Kyle was on the, uh, get rid of Pete Carroll train a year ago this time, way before I was. So, uh, I'm finally right there with you, buddy. I, I feel you. And uh, I think a lot of Seahawks fans feel our frustrations right now. And I don't know what the the play from the 
management side is going to be in Seattle. I bet you what they, I bet they at least let Pete Carroll finish out the season. I don't think they're going to fire him before. It's I think over. out of respect. Yeah. They at least out of respect for what he has done for the franchise, but after the season, and, and I think they'll probably give him the opportunity to resign mm-hmm. uh, for a little dignity. Like, hey, man, there. we're planning on letting you go either retire or we have to fire you. And, and this could be one of those things that we that comes out in the headlines as a mutual parting of the ways. Yeah. But uh, whatever it is, man, he just needs to be done. And uh, I love you, Pete, but good God almighty, it's been tough to watch the Seahawks this season. And I, uh, I was just telling – uh, somebody today that the sad thing about me being a Seattle sports fan right now is the team that gives me the most hope of Seattle's teams is the Mariners. And that's, mm-hmm. that's saying something. <laughs> yeah. Well, two, you got to think right now, your division, the other coaches in your division are all new guys coming out of college Stocks. who have been when, who have been regarded as wonderkin. Yeah. Man. Uh, basically coaches like, Sean McVay, um, Cliff Kingsbury, what's How, his face? In- Shanahan. Shanahan. I know. Yeah. I was just gonna be like, what's his face over there? In- oh yeah. Bay. But yeah, Kyle Shanahan, like they've all done crazy good with their teams. You know, two of those teams have made Super Bowl appearances, haven't won them. And then, you know, the Cardinals could, uh, could make know, theirs this year. Could I mean, make theirs this year. Yeah. You've got such, you know, a fr- young blood rush how much trying to say um you know this young blood and coaching that it has reinvigorated those franchise yeah and they they have different you know they're they're playing football arguably in a different way cliff kingsbury has taken you know for example the air raid offense from college and he's made it work in in high school (laughs) um (laughs) in the nfl it may not be sustainable but hey man he's, he's taking the game in a different way what I've realized following the NFL is few things like that are sustainable when they work, man, they work. And that was the same with Seattle back in 2013. A lot of things worked back then that will not work anymore. And I totally agree with what you're saying. You look at the 49ers, you look at the Rams and you look at the Cardinals and the stock is just trending up. And it is because of those young coaches and what they bring to the table. Uh, They all have, uh, exciting quarterbacks, two young, exciting quarterbacks in Arizona and San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You're talking about Trey Lance there uh, and Stafford over with the Rams, uh, not young, but just as exciting. I mean, and I don't know, it, it, we are being yeah. le- left behind in a big way in the NFC West. We're going to finish I- fourth in this division now. And uh, quite frankly, that's where we deserve to be. So yeah. And I think this is that's the way it's trending around the league. You have some old holdouts that are still sticking around and still finding success. But I think within the next five years, we're going to see a lot of those, you know, longtime coaching faces start to start to leave the game because they can't keep up with, uh, you know, these new guys. And, you know, you look at Green Bay, I think Matt LaFleur is a young coach doing great things with that team. Um. And, you know, like I said, there are those holdouts. You know, you still got Bill Belichick doing Belichick things. The, the hoodie rises. Wonder. The ageless yeah. wonder, man. And you got Andy Reid and, you know, my boy Bruce Arians. But even then, like, 
if you look at the fan bases, every time one of those coaches loses a game, it's like, fire him, fire him, get him out of here. He's too old. Yeah. And, you know, I would like to imagine that I'm not having that same knee jerk reaction here. Like this has been a slow build for me, but I know what you're saying. Like fan bases, they're notorious for doing that at every level. Um, which if we can real quick, let me just kind of jackknife in here. My uh, shout out for the week. Uh, it kind of segues right into what you're saying. Uh, shout out to weird as it is going to be to say uh, Alabama head coach, Nick Saban addressing that very thing you were just talking about on a radio show last week before Thanksgiving, he was talking about the Alabama fan base and how essentially Alabama fans aren't, they're not just happy to win games anymore. Like if you don't win by a blowout in Alabama, they're not happy. And he went off on fans. He said, Mm -hmm. you know, he said, these kids are working their butts off and going to school and, you know, all, and, and they're doing what they do for your entertainment. And he said, you know, he said, and he basically told Alabama fans that they're selfish, that they're being selfish and they can't see past their own self-interest. And I thought it was awesome, man. Uh, Good for Nick Saban. I, I think fan bases, whether it be college uh, or pro or high school, unfortunately do that sometimes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. Where it's just never going to be good enough. And Alabama fans, they're as spoiled as they come in the sports world. You know, they have seen their team win more championships than most of us will ever see in a lifetime. And it's not good enough. And so I, I saw that interview and I saw him kind of blow up on Alabama fans like that. And I thought, you know what? I don't often have great things to say about Alabama and Nick Saban, but good on you, man, for that one, because that's uh, I think what a lot of people need to hear. Yeah. That's man. Yeah. That's just how it is. It is just how it is, unfortunately. And it's how it's always going to be. But uh, I do take solace in knowing that this, my feelings on Pete Carroll right now have come from uh, a long build of pain. And I'm fine. I don't know what it was about that Washington game on Monday night, but it all came to a head, man. It Mm -hmm. all just, I was so frustrated and I knew instantly that's what I wanted to make this episode about this week. Um, So here we are, my therapy Mm -hmm. session for you all to listen to. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, what else do we do this podcast for podcasts podcast? Oh my gosh. We should make a podcast about cats. There you podcasts. go. Podcasts. We just talked about the cat teams in the NFL, the Bengals, <laughs> the lions. Hey, thank God. I'm not a lions fan. I'll still take a, Ooh, yeah. a little bit of comfort in that. Uh, the Panthers and I'm missing one Bengals and uh, Jags. Ooh. What a... Oh yeah. Jags are a cat. Huh? Yeah, they do. Uh, they do. They are God. <laughs> Oof, can't even talk tonight, man. I'm so frustrated. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's okay. It's okay. The podcasts episode, we'll do that. If we ever have a year where the Lions and one of those uh, AFC cat teams, actually, no, how about this? If we ever have a year where the Lions and the Panthers meet in the NFC Championship and the Bengals and the Jags meet in the AFC Championship, we'll call that our podcasts episode. Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. That would take a lot. I think there'd be a lot of miracles that need to happen uh, before that would occur anytime soon. But Mm -hmm. we'll put it down in stone right now. That's our promise to you listeners that if that ever happens, we'll call it our podcast episode. Fair enough. Uh, But how are things things in Buccaneer land? 
got to be pretty good, right? You guys eked one out against uh, the Colts this last week. That's the big thing. I don't like how we're eking out these wins. <laughs> too close. Let me tell you, man, that's how it starts. Seattle went from blowing teams out to eking out wins, and now we're losing these games. Uh, I'm not saying that your team is trending in that direction. I'm just saying, don't let it happen. Yeah, we need to get – we need to have better defense is our biggest thing. All I got to say, man, is uh, Leonard Fournette is my guy on fantasy. Play – play or uh, actually regular season Lenny. Four <laughs> touchdown Lenny. 44 points on uh, my fantasy team Lenny. Still didn't win yeah. me the game, but he did his part. Oh, it was uh, – I, I honestly did not watch any NFL this weekend. I kept up on scores. Uh and I obviously kept up on how Fournette was doing, and he was lighting them up there in Indy. Uh, I didn't watch, though, like I said. Was it back and forth, or did you guys kind of hold a slim lead all game? Or um, of- We were actually behind at the half, mm. and then Carson Wentz threw, like, five picks in the game. and Dang, man. Indy was playing good. Yeah. Indy was playing good. That's um, They're a weird team. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, their run game is crazy right now. They're weird in a good way, I should say. Like, they're on the good side of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, I think they're a playoff team for sure. Uh, and the Titans have been faltering lately, and they could still win that division. They had but, one bad week. Yeah, well, the Titans, they've lost two in a row now, though. I think. They lost, they lost the Texans last week. Did they lose the week before? I'm pretty that? sure I don't they. Think so, uh, no, they beat the Saints the week before that. Yeah, but they got blown out by the Patriots this week. That's what I'm saying. Uh, they. Oh lost... yeah. Well, let's not count the Patriots are an enigma. The, the the on the other side of weird. If the Colts are on the good talk. side, I don't want to talk about no, the Patriots. I don't either because that'll just put me in a worse mood. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. I think Indy could still catch Tennessee for the AFC South title, but. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, I Like I said, man, I'm all in on college football right now. I've completely given up hope uh, on my NFL team. I will enjoy the playoffs when they come around, uh, the, the Seahawks list playoffs, and I'll have to pick somebody to latch on to. But, uh, yeah, other than that, for anyone wondering, I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> I'm doing just dandy. Well, I suppose you did your shout-out. I'll do mine, too. Let's hear it. I'm going to shout-out a pair of quarterbacks this week. Ooh, One I mentioned, Tua Tungavailoa. I think he's had a rough go of it so far in his career. But, you know, these past couple of weeks, he's played really well. And flipping it over to another quarterback that's had a rough go of it in his career, Tyrod Taylor over at the yeah. Texans. He has had a couple of fantastic weeks. Um, as you know, as far as the Texans can have fantastic weeks. Still lost to the Jets, but yeah, uh, but yeah. he had some nice throws. He left the game with a pick, but you know, it happens. It, it happens. Uh, those are good shoutouts. Good. I have a call out too. Oh, I have a call out too. You go first. Okay. Uh, my call-out is the worldwide leader in sports, a.k.a. ESPN, a.k.a. the mothership. Uh, I was watching the first round of the FCS playoffs over the weekend for college football, 
and I was watching on Saturday evening uh, UT Martin, University of Tennessee Martin versus Missouri State. Uh, and so I, I have a little bit of vested interest in that game because A, uh, UT Martin, who won the game, is going to play our alma mater, Montana State, here in a week uh, in the second round of the playoffs, but also because UT Martin's quarterback, his name is Keon Howard, played for Tulane and transferred out over there uh, this last offseason. So I actually know a little bit about Mr. Howard. He was the OVC player of the year this year down there. He had a great season with them. He did not play on Saturday night because uh, of an ankle injury. Um, and this is where my call out comes into play. ESPN's camera crew and announcers kept showing some random dude on the sideline. Uh, who was I looked it up to actually one of their receivers who was also not playing and kept saying it was Keon Howard like three different times throughout the broadcast they panned in on this guy and they're like oh there's quarterback Keon Howard they're hoping to have him back next week if they move on and I'm watching this thinking you got to be kidding me that's not him like <laughs> it's not the guy and they did it like three or four times like I said it's just baffling to me and it goes I don't know just little stuff like that if you're ESPN like you should get that right. <laughs> uh, so there's my call. Fair enough. My call out is to, I guess just the game between the Cleveland Browns, and the Baltimore Ravens. My oh, God. So I heard some bad things what about a that game. Crapo game. That was, <laughs> Oh, um, that as, as I saw it put in a video, it's not a game that was a one. It was a game that was ended. Yikes. True. Uh, and somehow the Ravens come out of it still with an eight and three record. The Ravens won with Lamar Jackson throwing four interceptions. My God. And then Cleveland doesn't do anything with those four interceptions. I, I am so frustrated because Lamar Jackson, first of all, you're better than that, buddy. <laughs> Look up. You're going to drop your crown, King. <laughs> and in his post-game interview, he said, like, I got to be better. Like, yeah, you do. <laughs> That's crap. You did crap. Oh, Justin's, co better. Justin's coaching side is coming out. We love to see it. Oh, he played. Oh, man, he played bad. So have you seen that? Uh, it's an account on Twitter. And if you haven't seen it, I will share it with you later. It's called the Sickos Committee. I have not seen that. Oh, so it's like it, they're mostly involved in college football stuff. But it, it's basically just people who love to see uh, games like that. Just crap and chaos and things that shouldn't be happening happening. Uh, and they, it's it's like the meme of the dude, like the weirdo just peering in through the window saying, yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'll send it to you later, man. This this game though, Sicko's committee would have loved it. Let yeah. me tell you. <laughs> My lord. Um, but yeah, Lamar Jackson, you do need to be better. And then the Browns, gosh dang, how do you let such a good, you know, defensive defensive game? You just don't capitalize on it. Come on. The Browns of old are back, man. Oh. Six and six. It's been a rough year over there in Cleveland. Uh, 
Oh, and I know there's a lot of people speaking quarterbacks, you know, having trouble. A lot of people calling for Baker. Well, let's not, I'm not going to call for Baker yet. I, I think we no. need to give the guy a little bit of a break here. Uh, let's give Baker a breaker. Come on, boys. Well, it seems like Baker goes in waves. He does. That's his first year, great. Second year, not so great. Third year, great. Fourth year, maybe not so great. Maybe you got to wait till year five. It's those odd number years is where he shines, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's been a, a, a brutal season over in Cleveland. That whole game the other night, though, uh, from what I heard and the highlights I saw, yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Big yikes. Yeah. My Lord, that was a poo-poo crap fest. A poo-poo crap fest. Uh, we need to get that on a T-shirt because that's at least <laughs> the third time you've used that one to describe something on this show. Well, it's deserved. It is deserved. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, so, oof. All right. Well, we vented. We got call-outs out of the way. We got shout-outs out of the way. Oh, I remember what I was going to tell you. Uh, oh. I started a new show on ESPN Plus this week. Yeah. Uh, one that I will send your way because I think if when you get the time, you might enjoy it. It is kind of mm-hmm. along the same lines of Last Chance You, but not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Why Not Us? And it oh. – it, it highlights HBCUs uh, in college. You know what HBCUs are? Mm-mm. So they're uh, historically or historically black and com- colleges and universities. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I might have uh, actually known that. Yeah. So this first season, uh, I'm only two episodes in, but it's talking about the NC Central uh, Eagles basketball team. And it's just really interesting to see that side of college athletics. I mean, I've always known about it. I've always known about HBCUs, but they don't get mm-hmm. the spotlight that a lot of universities do. They don't get the funding that a lot of universities do. Um, and it's super interesting to see how they, they deal with it. And so they just started this show last year. And so it's in the midst of the pandemic too. And, and talking about how they're trying to like literally find teams to schedule games uh, or they will not have enough games to meet the NCAA requirements of qualifying for March Madness. It's crazy stuff. But uh, if you ever get the time, I would highly recommend it. And I'd recommend it to all of our listeners out there, too, if you have ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, it sounds really interesting, and I think I have it. If not, you can borrow mine. Okay, thanks. Yeah, not everyone. Listeners, you can all borrow it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not everyone can borrow mine, because I know some of our listeners have it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not calling anyone out in particular, but I know some of our listeners have it. Jake? Just oh, kidding. Jake doesn't listen. I was going to say, you think my brother listens to us? He only listens to us when he's on. Yeah, he's like, oh, man, who's that cool sounding Bengals fan? Even then, I don't know if he listens. Even Probably while not. Even while he's recording with us, I don't know if he does. <laughs> I'm kidding. He's a good He's a Jake, good. Jake, you there? Oh, Bengals, uh, Milwaukee. <laughs> right? Giannis. He's, he's a good guest. We need to have another guest yeah. on. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a fat it's, minute. It's just been you and me prattle him off here every week which don't get me wrong it's a good time but uh i don't know if we get a guest on soon will you be able to handle doing the intro for three people because you oh, already absolutely all right all right uh well you know i think i may have just completely lost my intro duties on the show which is fine if <laughs> if yours are going to continue to be this hilarious and get to keep the listeners on the edge of their seats keep me on the edge of my seat all week then i'm for it yeah all right no nope. all right Man, I'm going to have to pay attention to, like, basketball and stuff, though. You are. You are going to have to, or at least what's trending in the world of sports. 
uh, yeah. at any given time, uh, you'll be fine. That's what we do here at sports. Yeah, that's true. We do sports. All right. Well, if, if you've got nothing left, I've got nothing left. Uh, and I'm ready to close this puppy down if you are. Yeah, it's fair. Let's close her down. All right. Once again, thank you all for listening wherever you listen from, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, the can on a string, uh, those little playground shout tubes that you could yell into. You remember those things? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't know why they just came to mind, but hey, we're throwing them in there this week. Uh, Man, those cannot be COVID safe anymore. No, I wonder, it'd be interesting to see how many playgrounds still have those things. I'm assuming like three in Alabama. Uh, check my hometown, Lewistown. I bet you the city parks still have them. Uh, hey, hey, um, Ellen, if you're listening, can you go check the playgrounds in Lewistown and tell us if those shout tubes are still there? Yeah, Mom, just go wander into the playgrounds. That's a good look. Well, bring Jake with you. That's not much better. But <laughs> uh, Jake's your kid. He, she can take him out for a play date. Good Lord. All right. We're Get him out on. of the house. We're moving on. Uh, thank you all for listening, however you listen to us and tuning in uh, this Thursday, as you do every Thursday, we hope, because we'll sure publish for you every Thursday, we say, after we took a week off for Thanksgiving. But yeah. uh, until next Thursday, I've been Jared. I've been Justin. And never forget. Party like it's 1976.